Howdy! On today's episode of the Better Living for Texans podcast, we break down the different food groups and talk about a tool we incorporate into a lot of our programming called MyPlate. We will be joined by an AgriLife agent who wears a couple of different hats, Raquel Rodriguez, to find out one important question. Which food group is the most beneficial? joining us this week on our episode of the podcast. I'm Emily Nelson, and as I just mentioned in the introduction, we are talking about the different food groups. Now, depending on how old you are or when you maybe took health in school, there are different visuals that may come to mind. For me, when I think of food groups, I think of that poster of the food pyramid that I saw every day in my school cafeteria from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. If you thought of that visual too, you're probably not alone, and you're probably on the right path to the visual that we use today, which is my plate. And if you listened last week, you may know that I'm a bit of a history nerd, so of course I had to do a little research. And whether you think of a pyramid or a wheel, you're probably thinking of something that came from the USDA. So believe it or not, there have actually been dietary guidelines from our federal government for over a hundred years now. The first publication that came from the USDA was in 1916, and it was called Food for Young Children, and it established guidance based on food groups and also kind of household measures, so a really kind of rough estimate of what you would see today of how much of a certain type of food that you're supposed to eat. And then fast forward to the 1940s, and they came out with a guide to good eating, and it had about seven food groups or so. And that included uh, the daily number of servings that you needed from each of the food groups. And it was just a really kind of basic foundation for nutrient adequacy, but it really lacked something uh, like like serving sizes, for example. Um, But at the time, though, that it came out, it was considered very complex. But if you compare it to kind of the guidelines that we have today, it was pretty vague. So in the 1950s, though, uh, they introduced what was called Food for Fitness, and it was a daily guide. And they reduced the seven-ish food groups that they introduced in the 40s down to four basic food groups. And it didn't really you know, focus much on fats and sugars and caloric intake at that point. But if you then kind of move forward to another decade or so, and in 1979, there was the hassle-free daily food guide. And that was based on those four uh, food groups introduced in the 50s. But it also included a fifth group to highlight the need to moderate the intake of fats and sweets and alcohol. So as we're getting through, you know, the 1900s, it's becoming a bit more complex. A few more details are being introduced, which with each new wave of of, uh, dietary guidelines coming from Washington, D.C. So then in 1984, they introduced the food will, which was a pattern for daily food choices. And that provided daily amounts of food provided at three calorie levels. And so this was really a way for them to focus on on getting the right nutrients, but also moderation. But then if you fast forward to 1992, and that's where we're introduced with the food guide pyramid. And that may be, like I said, the most kind of the first visual that comes to mind for a lot of us when we think of. Um, you know, the basic food groups. And so if you don't remember, it was kind of, well, it's a pyramid, obviously. And at the bottom, it had like the bread, the grains. And then if you go a little bit up the pyramid, it had, you know, fruits and vegetables and a little further up, it's like, 
your dairy, your meats. And if you go up to the top, it was sugar, sodium, and those aspects of your diet that you would want to moderate and eat in small amounts. So in 2005, though, they kind of changed the pyramid a little bit. So it wasn't in a scale from, from, you know, a horizontal scale from lowest to greater amounts. It was more kind of making sure that you're getting a little bit of everything. And they also introduced uh, another section for, um, for oils. And also they made the, a human or a a person kind of climbing up the pyramid, which added the concept of physical activity, which is important. And then in 2011, they introduced my plate, which is what we'll talk about today. And, um, instead of they've kind of gone away with the pyramid, but the idea of food groups are still there. And instead that visual, like I said, it's no longer a pyramid, but it's a plate. Like, you know, the name of it says my plate and it's, it's a circle that has fruits, vegetables, greens, and protein. And up in the corner, it's a little smaller circle that is dairy, which I mean, for some that could be like a cup of milk that would be in that corner, or it doesn't have to be milk, but just symbol, you know, symbolizing that there are, that your plate when you eat a meal should have a little bit of everything. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right to our interview with Raquel Rodriguez. All right. Joining us now, we have Raquel Rodriguez, who is the Better Living for Texans and Family and Community Health Agent in Valverde County. Raquel, thanks so much for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Emily. Well, I'm Raquel Rodriguez, and I am the Family Community Health County Agent as well as the BLT Agent here in Valverde County, also 4-H Agent. So, you know, I stay super busy. Valverde County would be Del Rio, Texas, and so um, it's a border town. Uh, Definitely keeps me busy here um, in Valverde County. That's awesome. So you, it sounds like you wear a lot of hats, kind of getting in a little bit of, you know, the agriculture side to the health and nutrition to uh, community health. So I guess, you know, a lot of the, you, you probably talk a lot about, you know, nutrition and food groups. And so how many food yeah. groups are there? So there are five uh, food groups, which would be your dairy, protein, fruits, vegetables, and grains. Awesome. And which one would you say, hey, I guess a personal question, which one do you like the most? Yeah. So my favorite (laughs) would have to be fruits and vegetables. I love, I I think you you can do so much with fruits and vegetables. Um, My boys love fruits. And so um, it's a great way. They love smoothies. So it's a great way to mm. incorporate uh, vegetables without them even knowing. And of course, you can add so much more to a regular fruit smoothie. But I would have to say my favorite is the fruits and vegetables. And um, yes, go ahead, Emily. Oh, no, that sounds. Yeah, I think that's so I like how you said in smoothies that that's a good way to kind of disguise maybe some vegetables that mm-hmm. you wouldn't, you know, because like spinach, for example, is like spinach, yeah. maybe kale are really great to add to smoothies, but to sit and actually eat spinach, like on a plate, some people are like, sometimes myself yeah. included, I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want another salad, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I like how, and, and, and that's a great way to introduce it to, to children too, like yeah. you were saying with your own kids. Yes, absolutely. And as a mommy of two boys, any way that I can sneak in 
vegetables, um, then I will, I'm going to try it. What would you say has been the best vegetable you've snuck in to feed, to feed your kids? Zucchini. Believe it or not. Yes. Zucchini. And, um, so they, like I said, they love, uh, smoothies in general, but I have snuck in, uh, vegetables and, uh, I'm sorry, I've snuck in zucchini, um, kale, uh, beets. That's a different Mm -hmm. one. Beets. Um, of course your strawberries and your, any type of berry. I've also snuck in a little protein, which is peanut butter. And, mm-hmm. um, for grains, I put in some, uh, raw oats. So they re- they get a really good balanced breakfast with those. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. That's funny. Cause you're talking about kids and I'm here. I am in my twenties. I'm like, well, I don't really like to eat beets too. So maybe I need to <laughs> take a few of recipes yes. from your kitchen. <laughs> yes. And butternut squash as well. I mean, and they'll eat, they, mm-hmm. They can't taste it. That's all. It's even better when it's you're you're getting the nutrients and you don't even know. <laughs> Absolutely. So why would you say it's important to eat from all? I know we were just talking about you know specific food groups with fruits and vegetables, and that there are five different food groups. But why is it important to eat from all of the food groups? You know, Emily, and I think earlier you mentioned which maybe which food group is the best one or the better one. They all are, and they're all super important to incorporate throughout your day. Um, so eating mm-hmm. a, a very, you know, well-balanced diet um, means eating a variety of foods. And so each of the five food groups uh, has nutrients that our body needs. And so um, there isn't one that's better than the other because our body needs all of them in order to function healthy. And so not only does it provide nutrients, but it also, you know, if we incorporate, if we incorporate, you know, exercise, then we definitely can prevent a lot of um, chronic diseases that are out there. And so I know here in Valverde County, our diabetes um, statistic is higher than the nation. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big, that's a big problem. That's a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And knowing that there's, I think, and we've talked about this too on our podcast of there's this initial hill that you kind of have to overcome when someone can realize, you know what, I may not be eating the best, or I may not be getting enough exercise and enough nutrition because, you know, they may have visited the doctor and they may be looking down, you know, a path that does involve some more chronic, you know, diseases and issues that, that we, you know, try to combat. But I think it's really cool to know that there are just small steps that you can do uh, from the get-go that, you know, will then kind of set you on a a different path that leads to a more healthier lifestyle. And I think, you know, making sure that when you eat a meal, if you look at your plate and you realize, what am I missing? It's not, uh, oh, I need more of this or I need, or, uh, you know, I, I need to get more. This isn't healthy enough for me. It's like, are you, do you have a dairy on your plate? Do you have a, or in your cup? Um, do you have a vegetable as half of your plate fruits and vegetables? Do I have a protein? And I think that really building those pieces together really helps. It's something small, but can have like a really big effect in the long term. Absolutely. You know, and as an FCH agent and a BLT agent, since I get to do both, um, when I'm out in the community speaking to adults and youth, 
I've, mm-hmm. I always um, take a uh, my plate and ins- I try to always pr- provide them with some type of an incentive, but there is, uh, I actually take a plate that's really colorful for them to see and I let them know how important their, how important uh, their plate, uh, how colorful that their plate should look, you know, so it shouldn't just yeah. be, you know, just your grains and your protein, which a lot of us are used to, but you definitely want to incorporate that color and, and those vegetables onto your plate. So they have a really awesome visual of what their plate should look like. That's, so you mentioned my plate. What exactly is my plate? So my plate's a reminder to find um, your healthy eating style and definitely build it throughout your lifetime. And everything that you eat and drink matters. And so the right mix can help you be healthier now and in the future. And so my plate basically focuses on, you know, nutrition, the variety of the nutrition, the amount. Um, My plate also emphasizes and helps you choose foods and beverages that are less saturated um, or has uh, less fat, um, mm-hmm. so less mm-hmm. sodium and added sugars. My plate also um, allows you to start with small changes and ev- to eventually build healthier eating styles. And it definitely emphasizes um, the support of healthy eating for everyone. And a little while ago, I mentioned incorporating exercise. You know, if you are not able to exercise, just modifying your um, plate uh, to look colorful with all the five food groups is going to help you tremendously. That's awesome. I think that these are really kind of simple things that you can keep in mind of just making sure you're eating from all the food groups, making sure your plate's colorful. And that's, you know, small kind of a, a personal checklist you can do when looking at, you know, taking steps towards a healthier life. So um, for those listening, we will go ahead and um, we'll plug my plate. We'll send some links to it. But if you want to go to choosemyplate.gov, that's a great resource that you can find all this information that, that Raquel has been talking about. So thank you so much. Do you have anything Absolutely. else you'd like to add? I was just going to add to your uh, tip about um, visiting the MyPlate website, Choose MyPlate. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I have... I. I get a lot of my material from Choose My Plate and they have some awesome, they have like 10 tips for snacking or 10 tips for healthy snacks and that smoothie is one of them. Awesome. Perfect. Well, yeah, go ahead and be sure to check out, uh, again, that's choosemyplate.gov and we'll send the links out as well. Raquel, thanks so much for coming on and, and having this conversation with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Again, I really urge you to check out choosemyplate.gov for more information. Again, there's recipes, tips, infographics, and such. It's a really, really great resource if you're interested in learning more about the different food groups and also, too, how kind of the food groups and how the message from our federal government has changed literally over over 100 years and um, what you can do to, to stay on top of that information and also make sure that you are up to date with the most recent information on health and dietary guidelines and all that fun stuff. So next week we will be joined by a BLT agent in McLennan County to talk about food insecurity. So I'm really excited for that uh, interview next week. It's with Lindsay, who again is a BLT agent in McLennan County. So that's around Waco area, if you're familiar with Texas. 
And um, other than that, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate each of you who are here listening to us each week and supporting uh, the mission and the, the, the efforts of Better Living for Texans. Uh, again, I urge you to check out us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Better Living for Texans or on Instagram and Twitter at Better Texans. Or you can find us online at blt.tamu.edu. And we will see you next week. Have a great day, y'all. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.